Go ahead. You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at Home and Abroad, and we try to keep up to date with uh, progress on a variety of things that are happening coast to coast. And we have checked in from time to time with Will Pete, who is the Executive Director of the Ireland Park Foundation in Toronto. And uh, there has been a lot of progress over the last few years in that area between Ireland Park and now upcoming Grasset Park. And uh, Will is along with us to fill us in on where things are at, how progress has been and some of the changes and where things are going. Will, thanks a million for taking the time. No problem, Austin. How are you? Good. Now, so first of all, Ireland Park itself, um, has there been, there's been some work going on down in that area and I know you've moved offices. Uh, yes, uh, well, there's, there's a couple of uh, pieces there. So, number one, uh, just before the summer, we got the park cleaned and re-landscaped, uh, so it's looking better than ever at the moment, which we're very happy with. And uh, I, I actually now, as you indicated, my offices are right beside it, so I, I get into the park two or three times a day, and there's always uh, several groups of people, um, several groups of people wandering around it. So it's wonderful to see both the park in such beautiful fettle and uh, people enjoying it. However, it actually will, in a couple of weeks' time, be closing for about six months. Uh, that will happen mostly through the summer. Uh, the good news is that's because the dock wall south of Arnhem Park is going to be rehabilitated uh, over the next few weeks and months. So uh, it will mean the southern boundary of the park will be beautiful, restored and uh, conserved for the next 500 years. So, Will, on average, would you say then, the awareness is increasing and you're saying you see people coming through there's a good throughput of people on a regular basis then to the park. And there is, yes. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously being a public park, there's no official monitoring of it, but anecdotally it's, it's getting busier and busier down there uh, as access gets better with the Portland Slip that opened up a few years ago. We have a lot of joggers coming down. Uh, only this morning I saw Minister McKenna tweeted about it. Um, actually, as it happens, I was in my barber's the other day and there was a book, 101 Things to Do in Toronto, and we were number 54 on that, which was, which was great to see. And uh, CBC Global News, or sorry, not CBC, Global News, uh, did a piece on Ireland Park there only about two weeks ago. So the momentum is definitely growing around the park. It's, it's a beloved space within, uh, for the people of Toronto, which is wonderful to see. And that was the impetus of the board originally was to create a space like that. And I think it, it, it maintains its, its solemnity and its, its peace and calm in a city that's ever-growing as well because it's, it's down on the waterfront and it's actually a bit of a pilgrimage to get there. Uh, you've been there yourself many times, often you have to walk down this long uh, corridor by the, um, by the grain silos to get there. And when you do, you're, you're, you're cut off from the noise of the city. There's no sounds of traffic or anything like that. And you've got one of the best vistas onto the, onto the skyline beyond. So it's, it's, it really is, for, for those who don't have a direct connection to Ireland necessarily, I, I think it is known as a beautiful place to go sit and reflect and, and enjoy a beautiful summer's day as we've been having. And given that we are seeing more and more people from Canada visiting Ireland and they would be visiting Dublin and going down along the north side of the Liffey and seeing the Ronan Gillespie sculptors that are there, what they would find in Ireland Park that they may not be aware of is the other side of that picture. Uh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. So we did um, last year erect uh, quite a large sign that uh, explains a little bit of that story. So at least now there is a 
permanent public uh, piece there to, to connect the two. And of course, we as a foundation always work to try and make sure that that connection is, is well known. It was always a wish of Rowan, the, uh, the sculptor, to connect the, uh, the waterfront in North America to the waterfront in Dublin. And we were honoured that through his relationship with Robert, the, uh, the, the founder of the foundation, that he chose Toronto because of its direct connection to the famine uh, as well. And so it's a very important element of the story is when you look at the five bronze sculptures that are in the park that you're, you are made aware of the seven that are in Dublin and of course the two that never made it across uh, anecdotally as well so uh, we, we try to make sure we do that and, and as we move forward with the with the building which will have a bit of a visitor centre element to it we can we can share that story in a, in a much more broad and greater manner. So that's Ireland Park and uh, the other string to your bow then would be Grasset Park which is also an integral part of the Irish story in the immigration story in Toronto, and how are things progressing there? Uh, yes, well, as most of your listeners will hopefully be aware, we did um, we did erect the granite on site there last year, so that is now in situ, and it is the largest map of the city of Toronto. It is a replica of Kane's map uh, from uh, 18, um, 1842, so just a little bit before the famine began, but very uh, simpatico with what the city would have looked like and does actually have the emigrant buildings uh, etched within it. So that's on, on the Quebec granite. Uh, we have, we did, I, I'm sure we've spoken about this before, uh, we did secure a significant grant from the provincial government of Ontario, which uh, then changed um, uh, changed over to a Conservative party. And we have, uh, we unfortunately did lose that grant, but we are working with the, the province to try and get that back. Simultaneous to that, uh, we have applied for the legacy grant under the federal um, uh, heritage stream as well. And we will hopefully know in the next few weeks about that and, and happy to come back and, and let your listeners know uh, what happens there. That, that would be a significant grant. That would be for uh, roughly potentially up to uh, half a million dollars. So uh, we'll see where we go with that. And that would allow us to build the final element of the park, which is the glass element, which uh, on, on top of the largest uh, map of Toronto that we're aware of, it would be the largest freestanding glass installation ever built in North America. And so that will complete that, uh, our kind of two memorial parks. And is, as far as we are aware at the moment, really kind of round out the story of, of the Irish. So you have the Irish arriving here and that is celebrated in Ireland Park and those who, who went no further are commemorated through the sculptures. And then you have the Canadian response uh, celebrated and commemorated with Grisette Park. So we're doing both sides of, of the coin there in terms of looking at the Irish side and looking at the Canadian side uh, and having two parks that, that reflect that uh, within each other, both in a contemporary manner through their art and then through their telling of the story via signage on both sites. And then we, we are actually just commissioning a new website at the moment, which will hopefully be up and running uh, by the end of uh, August, and that will have a much more expanded remit to be able to share that story more widely. Excellent. Now, um, as part of what you do as well, I know you reach out into the community and you have an event coming up uh, in uh, later this month um, where you're um, pulling young professionals together. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yes, well, actually, there's a couple of different things in that. So we have, for the last few years, held two events a year, the, the end of summer party, which is the one that we have on, and this year it's going to happen in PJ O'Brien's right in uh, the centre of Toronto, and that happens at the uh, 22nd of this month, so we're very much looking forward to that. And then we do, in March time as well, we do what we call a St. Patrick's Day wrap party, which happens at the end of, uh, of March, and that brings people together. And, and it's been great fun over the last few years, and I think we've engendered a lot of um, 
uh, loyalty and uh, new friends. So we call it a friend raiser more than a fundraiser, and we have expanded that group to being nearly uh, 150 to 200 people these days. But actually what we're going to do now is try and uh, convert that much more into a membership side of things where we'll offer throughout the year uh, we're going to do coffee mornings, we're going to do business meetings, as well as the, the parties uh, and events that we have been hosting. So it'll feel a bit more like a community. It will be much more diverse in the times it happens and in what we do with them as well. And, and the hope is that that will begin a, a, an interesting journey for, for people who are, uh, as we say, either uh, young professionals or young professionals at heart to, uh, to join us and uh, appreciate both the story and the history of the Irish and also uh, the fact that that story is continuing today. Well, I know you travel back to Ireland regularly. Would you say that the awareness of the Canadian Irish story or the Irish Canadian story is improving or growing or does an improving in awareness in Ireland? Uh, oh, absolutely, Austin. And I'm, I, you, you travel back yourself as well, and I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, I, I think, you know, I've my, myself, I've only been here five years, so I, I don't want to sound like an authority on the situation. But uh, the, the general sense is that uh, the, the, the understanding between the two nations has never been better. And uh, we work very hard to try and share that story. We've been very glad. Uh, we've been on a couple of the key radio shows there. And uh, we've been profiled in, in a couple of the media pieces as well, which is, which is great to see. But there's a whole host of people, yourself included. I know Malachi Smith spent years trying to get uh, help with flights. And, you know, there's now, I believe, 16,000 seats a week between the two nations. And then you know, uh, the likes of uh, the former finance minister and uh, previous ambassadors who fought to get the extension of the visas. There are now thousands of Irish people every year coming to Canada. Lots out in Vancouver these days, many up in Calgary, and then many in Toronto, where I live, Queen West. Uh, in the downtown core here, you can't swing a cat without uh, hitting um, uh, an Irish person. My own building is now, uh, every time I go into the lift, there'll be an O'Neill's jersey there and uh, and an accent from someone from back home. So there, there, there's those direct connections with people coming more and more. Uh, there's the flights, which are now cheaper, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's so easy. Uh, it's less than six hours there and less than seven hours back, so it's, it's almost a commute. Uh, I'm sure there's people uh, commuting from Barry with about that length of time every day, so it's, it's, it, there's a direct connection now, uh, which is, is ha- was never there before in terms of the sheer numbers and the sheer uh, opportunity to come. But then I think, uh, as I said, many, many people uh, working to make sure that, uh, that those connections are, are felt and known through both media and through uh, physical connections. So, yes, no, it's, it's never been better than it is today, and I think it will continue to grow as, as we see with Brexit happening and with Europe um, uh, uh, being having a bit of a question mark about where it's going to go in its future. I think Ireland is looking to its brethren in, in, uh, across the world, and it's, it's finding a, a dear brother in, in Canada, and with, with CETA after coming in, we're seeing more trade, there's more food from Ireland available here. I see it in supermarkets, cheese and Kerrygold and all of that, which was heavily uh, prevented uh, from uh, from expanding here because of uh, you know quite small amounts they were allowed to bring in. All of that has been swept aside, and uh, Canadians are thankfully choosing great Irish products. So it's in in every way that relationship is getting better and better and better, and it's very exciting to see. And I think uh, as we grow forward, and hopefully with this new building, we'll we'll be uh, uh, we'll play our little part in in that or in the next couple of years. So I guess when the new building is there and we go in for a cup of coffee, we'll be sitting down to Kerrygold with some uh, Dubliner cheese and a few other, a few other things like potatoes well, and a few other things like that. 
Uh, absolutely. Well, if I have anything to do with it, I'm a big fan of Irish cheese, and Kerrygold is, is you know, I don't, I don't mean to be uh, uh, to be banging the old drum, but as, as far as I'm concerned, it's probably the best uh, butter in the world. It's absolutely amazing, and uh, it's great to see it. Uh, I, I've been I've been getting it where I can, and uh, and the cheese is also actually Kerrygold Dubliner cheese is another great great one I've I've seen around the place. Uh, so yeah, no, that would be wonderful to be able to do as, as much as possible and celebrate those connections. I know Dana Welsh in Tourism Ireland has done a phenomenal job digging up Irish food here, and there's been some wonderful events uh, showing off and showcasing Irish lamb and Irish oysters. And uh, you know, Patrick has done a wonderful job over the last few years and fought hard to get Irish oysters into uh, the Canadian market. So yeah, that's that's just all going to grow again, and uh, hopefully the, the building will provide a venue for people to do that. But yes, it would be wonderful to sit down and have a nice cup of coffee and some cheese overlooking the uh, the lake uh, shore here in Toronto and watch a, a plane or two take off from Billy Bishop Airport. Wouldn't be the worst experience in the world. Not at all. <laughs> well, Will, I want to thank you for taking the time. It's been great having a chat and catching up. And as more progress happens and there's anything else that we should be aware of as time goes on, we'll keep in touch and try and keep people informed. Well, thank you so much, Austin. Uh, always a pleasure talking to you and uh, good luck to you and your listeners.